Philadelphia is making an unprecedented deal with the homeless encampment, and NAR is making ethics changes that are going to be pretty relevant. We'll break it all down next on Tool Time. We are back on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She's Steph Coho. She's Sarah Timon. And we're excited to talk about an unprecedented agreement that has come up here in the city of Philadelphia, which is pretty wild. So the homeless encampment on the parkway, so right in front of the art museum, if you don't know the city that well, has been there basically since the start of the pandemic, especially with a lot of the, the protests that have been going on. And now Philadelphia, the city, has made a housing deal with the occupants that is seen as unprecedented nationwide, where they're going to be giving them houses and building a housing village with, I guess, tiny houses. Uh, if you don't know what those are, we can explain that. What do you guys think about all this? Who wants to jump in? This is pretty wild to me. This is unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hop in. Um, so I've driven by that area a lot over the last several months, and it was, I mean, you can't not see it. <laughs> it's, yes. a, it's a big area, and there's you know, there are certainly a lot of a lot of people down there. So, um, you know, I think from the article, it sounded like this was really the first time that um, a group was able to kind of organize this and get these types of results. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that that it worked out and that they're going to be able to get suitable housing. What do you think, Steph? I think it's a really cool concept. I mean, a lot of what they're using to make housing, um, it seems like our homes that are really you know, in, in bad conditions. So maybe it'll be like a, a dual yep. benefit here. Yeah. Well, like the city owns a lot of properties that are not in great shape. So I think that's a great use for the properties. Otherwise, they're just sitting there and then they're not doing anything. So it's going to improve some neighborhoods. Also, I mean, what, what I'm surprised about is that this ended peacefully. Like this had the potential because they were talking about breaking this encampment up a couple times and it could have gotten really nasty. I mean, like there was they were worried about that. And there's a lot of nice houses there. I mean, the parkway is one of the better parts of the city in terms of like, tourism, not that there's a lot of tourism going on right now. Um, you know, the, the, you got the art museum there. I mean, and, and there's a lot of families that live there too. And they were see, there was like naked people and like drug use and all sorts of stuff going on there. So I'm glad they cleaned it up for the city. I'm happy it ended peacefully because I think this was like a powder keg. So like, do you think other cities are going to start doing this stuff? Like, what, do you think this is going to happen again or is this a one-time thing? What do you think, Steph? I think people are going to watch what's happening and kind of use that as a, as a tool to measure. If it's successful, I do think we'll see it replicated. That's a good point, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I think that the climate for what all was, had this happened at a different time, maybe it wouldn't have ended as point. peacefully as it did. I think that because of just the general climate of everything that's being addressed, of everything that's going on, um, and just when this happened, that yeah, they talked about breaking it up several times, probably did not think it would be able to be a peaceful thing and didn't want to be, you know, a part of that right then. So um, timing, I think, came into play. Well, I mean, look what's happened across the country. I mean, we're not going to, like, skirt the issue here. You got stuff going on in Louisville. You got what's going on in Minnesota. I mean, there, there's crazy things happening right now. So credit to city and law enforcement for coming up with a solution here that didn't make national news. And there's always two sides of the story, but it's not. it, it, it could have been a disaster. It could have been really bad. I mean, I love the idea of using the distressed city properties because they're just sitting there. That's been a big problem with Philadelphia to begin with. So hopefully this works out. You bring up a good point. I think this is going to be like the, the litmus test. Like, is this actually going to work? And if it does, 
there's neighborhoods like that all over the country in, in large cities, so maybe it'll help clean up some of the homeless population. Right, once you kind of have a formula for it, it'll be easier to implement in, in other places. Well, how often do we talk about case studies, right? Like, this is the ultimate case study in how to break these things up. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I give credit to the, the, the decision makers down in Philadelphia because this was, I, I wouldn't have thought of this. I mean, I don't know about you guys. So very uh, interesting story. We'll have to keep tabs on that one. So this, this next one is pretty wild. Um, NAR has proposed ethic changes, ethics changes, excuse me, to crack down on social media harassment by realtors. What do you guys think about all this? I, I don't know that it's necessarily targeted harassment, but I think that right now, I mean, I'm sure you guys have a lot of friends on social media that are very outspoken and just saying what they, maybe what they think, which may not um, be fair to everyone. So um, I just think if there are realtors that are also portraying that, it can make it look like real estate as a whole is not taking those things into consideration. That's pretty fair. I mean, you know, you look at this, I mean, there's a lot of unrest right now. People are pissed off. Like, people are not happy by what's going on. And unfortunately, I don't think people get the rules of social media. Not that there are rules, but it's like, you don't want to be, like, don't be an idiot, right? Like, don't do anything crazy. And unfortunately, it's come to that. And I think it does make sense that with that Long Island housing story that came out where they were, there was so much, like, profiling going on and so many bad things, you, you've got to do something here to tamp this down because that kind of, I mean, that's not going to be tolerated anymore. We talked about the social climate earlier. That's just the way things are going right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, like, with just how social media is, like, you aren't one person at work, one person at home, one person here. Like, because of social media, it brings everything together, and it, like, you are one person. So you need to make sure that what you're putting out there is what you want people to see about yourself, because people are going to see it. <laughs> Especially when you're a realtor. You right. You know, like, you work for yourself. Right. Well, how many times do clients like Google you before something comes up or they check you out on social media? Like I've heard, like this happens all the time and you know, being a corporation right now in a company, like, I mean, you look at these, these virtual events that they have, like Zillow Unlock, right? That's their normal like big uh, conference they would have. The whole first portion was dedicated to social responsibility. And that's what it means to be a big company right now. And NAR is no different. You've got to be addressing this stuff because of the climate in the, in, in the country right now. I mean, there's Look, look what's going on in like Portland and Seattle, all these places. Like, I mean, it, it, this is a real problem right now and you can't, it can't, it's not gonna be tolerated anymore. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think it's just another like classic example of one bad egg or like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Where like, just in all of these different things that have come up recently, um, you know, with cops and just all of these different areas where it could be a few bad players that are making a bad name for everyone. Same with same with this. If there's a couple bad players in there, it gives everyone a bad name and it, it just it looks bad. It's always like the people that have sour grapes or like that that like that two percent of the population. I mean and, and that's come up a lot. So I think that's a that's a really good observation. So do you like do you think this is actually gonna make a difference with realtors? Like do you think this is gonna be impactful? I mean I think it's important no matter what kind of business that you own to be to be professional, especially when you're representing your business, right? So I, I think it's a good step. I mean, I don't think it should end with real estate. I think that a lot of other, um, a lot of other industries should also, you know, take this into consideration. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would hope that this is something that honestly does not affect 99% of us out there, um, and that there is just that one small portion that's being very inappropriate and, and doing these different things. Um, so, 
you know, hopefully this isn't a major impact on those people or else we've got, I think, a much larger problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's an important thing to implement. That's a great point. And like what they're actually going to do, like, so the language here in the code of ethics, it says applicability of the code of ethics and period. You say to non-real estate related activities, they struck that. And they had this other language in here. It said, while realtors are encouraged to follow the principles of the code of ethics in all of their activities, that's gone. And it says, realtors shall be subject to disciplinary action under the code of ethics with respect to all of their activities, period. So it's basically saying, hey, there's a higher standard here. And you don't have to be a realtor to sell real estate. Like, that's the thing. It, you can't stop someone from getting a license. This is kind of a, a different level. And, you know, NAR, I mean, you know, I, I've got my own comments about them, especially how they let Pennsylvania get shut down for 60 days and didn't really seem to care. And, you know, I mean, you know, they, and they're also adding in, they must not use harassing speech, hate speech, slurs, et cetera, based on all the protected statuses. So, I mean, I don't know how you're an agent and follow fair housing and don't do that stuff. So I think it just gotta be super clear. And I'm all, I'm all for cleaning up the industry because I think there's some people that shouldn't have a license to practice real estate. I mean, if you guys ever ran into somebody that like, and some of the stuff people say, like I've been on the other side of this and they say, hey, we're not gonna do this. And I'm like, you're, you're really saying this to me right now over the phone? And it's just, it happens. I mean, it's a real thing. So I think you both bring up great points there. So uh, so they're doing all these amendments. I don't, I don't, I think this, like Sarah, you said it really well, this shouldn't affect a lot of people. I just think this is, right. this should be like how to be a normal human being. Right. I mean, is that a good way to put it? So, I think so. cool, all right. So we got a quote. This was, uh, Steph came up with this one from Fabian Fredrickson. Uh, she uh, runs a uh, company called uh, Boldheart. She is a best-selling author, um, and she also is a, a big advocate for women's success in business, so I, I love where she's coming from here. The quote is, the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat fruit. Be patient and stay the course. So, Steph, you came up with it. What do you think? What does this mean? Um, I just think, you know, every day, whether it's any goal that you're trying to accomplish, whether it's in business, whether it's your health and fitness, the day that you're taking the activity is not usually the day that you're going to see the result, right? So you really have to be consistent and, you know, be regimented and, and stay with it. And I think then you will see the result at, at some point. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it kind of goes to show that those days that you don't necessarily have the fruit or have the reward, they're still important. And to still, you need to have these days of just putting it out there and putting forth the effort, knowing that that day you're not going to see the benefit of it. And sometimes that's that's tough because, you know, it's, it's nice to get an immediate benefit, but a lot of it comes, you know, it's a long game. <laughs> well, I, you know, then that, that, I think you brought, both brought up some good points. Like, it, this applies to, like, anything in your life. Like, you're not going to fix something overnight. There's no magic bullet. And usually the stuff that gives you, like, short-term pleasure doesn't really work for that long-term gain. And you think about the analogy of, like, planting the seed. Like, you got to take care of that. you got to, like, water it. you got to, like, fertilize it, make sure it's getting the right amount of sunlight. Like, that's a lot of work. But then when you get the result, it's so much more satisfying than if, like, you have some quick hit and then just move on to the next one. So I thought this was a really good quote. Very relevant that we're in business planning season right now, right? Like, didn't we, we like just talked about this earlier today. So love where this is coming from. Good stuff. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.